Welcome to Salt and Light. I'm Charles van Veek. It's wonderful to have you join us today as we talk about our Christianity and how our ideas from the Bible make a difference in society. Being salt and light in society, how do we deal with the socio-political issues of our day? Can we make a difference? Should we make a difference? Should we use prayer as an excuse for doing some, nothing? Or should we use prayer as a launching pad for action? We are going to talk about a really interesting topic today, and we have in the studio with us Olga and Ashley. Olga, welcome to Salt and Light. Thanks for having me. Ashley. It's so nice to be here. Good to have you with us too. Quickly tell us a little bit about yourselves. Olga, let us give us uh, some secrets about uh, Olga and her life. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm Olga. I was born in Limpopo and um, I stay here in the Western Cape in a township. Welcome to the Western Cape. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I studied human resource management. So you are a human resource manager. Res. There we go. Yes. Ashley. Um, I'm Ashley. Um, I was born in Cape Town. I've been here for most of my life, and um, I am a qualified graphic designer. Well, there we go. I heard, just I noticed that you didn't say in what year or how long ago you were born in Cape Town, <laughs> but uh, great to have you ladies with us on Salt and Light. Today's topic is, can you legislate morality? Can you make laws that are moral laws? Because lots of times you will hear in general conversation with Christians when you're telling somebody that they're doing something wrong legally, they'll say, but you cannot legislate morality. Very big question, very exciting question to deal with. So we as Christians, do we believe that you can or cannot legislate morality? Ashley, go. So as Christians, um, I would say that we can and we do legislate morality. And in a way, it's almost impossible not to legislate morality um, in saying that are you actually saying that all laws have a moral basis is yes, that what you're saying yes they do uh, oh my goodness so <laughs> if we're dealing with that then we are saying that every single law that's ever been produced on our statute books has some kind of moral basis yes give us more so um Everything, uh, all, all laws that we have nowadays are, um, are based in morality. And even if you don't... I suppose the question then is, whose morality are we dealing with, surely? If, you, if you're saying that all laws have some moral uh, status, mm. then we've got to ask, well, whose morality are we using to make the law, surely? Yes. Um, so I actually have a quote. Go for it. We'd love to hear says, it. Um, all law is a reflection of some moral code. It is impossible to avoid imposing morality on people or legislating morality. So you can't get away from it. No. Sorry, carry on. So um, yeah, so that is the quote. And it's basically saying that um, we all have a moral code. And even if we are unaware that it was previously based in religion, it all stems from a religious base. Yes, yeah, sometimes we refer to that as a worldview, the yes. way we see the world. But either way, your morality comes from some worldview or religious base. Olga. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I, you know, what I find is that uh, people often um, 
object to to legislation of morality that affects them personally i think this has this doesn't have anything to do with can morality be legislated or something like that everybody knows that you you know you can and we do legislate morality the problem is that people when it affects them personally that's when they start saying that you cannot legislate morality. I understand. So what you're saying is when it becomes personalized and you're affected by it, exactly. that's when you use that as an excuse exactly. to say, I'm exempt. Exactly. But isn't that the kind of attitude we have really to all our sin? We always try and cover up our own. and uh, But when it comes to other people, we, we don't want to give them uh, too much rope uh, or too much leniency when it comes to their sin. You yeah, know, yeah. and so that that makes a big difference. So, Olga, whose morality is being used when laws are, are being made? Were you saying you know we try to get out of it if it affects us, but uh, where does that mor- morality come from? So I, uh, yeah, you see, I believe that people look at stuff like I said that affects them personally and try to put out laws. Uh, so us as Christians, we want to use the the, the you know the God side of of things and people try to use the worldly side of the law so one way or the other there will be a set of moral code or a set of rules that rules this world so we we as christians obviously have the bible as uh, you know the 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 thing that it has the all the moral codes for for our lives and how we should deal with uh, injustice or anything basically in this world. Yes. So. Well, it's really interesting that you mention that. I've got a friend that's a pastor, and he says, I've never met anybody who believes we saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. He says, I've met lots of people who've created their own commandments and think that they can be saved by obeying their own commandments. <laughs> and I think that's a really interesting thing because it's back to the personalization of it again, you know. Well, those laws are over there, but I have my own standards, you know. Mm-hmm. And there we go. My, mine are better than everybody else's. And if you don't keep to my standards, then we have a big challenge on our hands. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ashley, when we're dealing with um, law and... Uh, even when I was interviewed before um, on another radio program, and we we're talking about the autonomy of man, and I was pointing out uh, on the program that man is not autonomous. Only God is autonomous. And therefore, any laws that are created or made that don't fit in with his law as the ultimate authority, it's just frivolous. It's just nonsense. It's man-made human being laws, and they can change any time, depending on the way we think next time we go to parliament. So uh, how does that fit into our world, this this whole idea of autonomy? Well, I I feel that, you know, um, like you said, that uh, people make laws based on the situation they're in at that moment. And like you said, the next time they show up in parliament or wherever they make the laws and then they have a different of opinion yes. uh, based on how they feel at that moment. Somebody can say that, um, you know what, yeah, abortion shouldn't be legal because, you know, they, for instance, maybe they want to have a baby and all that. And then eventually they don't want it and they're like, you know what, maybe abortion should be legal so that that gives them a go ahead to do what they want at that moment. That's right. That's right. And we, we find that too, for instance, you know, Lots of people might argue that, um, you know, abortion is essentially wrong, but 
you know, when it affects me and my career, well, well that's a different story again, yes. you know. Um, and so that that does complicate uh, yeah. things uh, the way the way we see things. And clearly, it shows us that we cannot rely on these laws. We need a set of you know of real laws, like God's laws. God never changes. We all know that His laws is was and will always be. That's right, and we talk of that as the, as the higher law. Exactly. Um, and I've got one friend that always says, you know, did God give good laws or bad laws to His people? Well, obviously he gave good laws. Why would we want to reject his laws for man's law? And uh, these are pertinent questions that we need to consider as Christians because you find so many um, young people going to law school and studying law, lovely Christian people, the next thing they're thinking like complete humanists. And I had a friend who studied law at a top-class university in Britain. He got his doctorate in law and we were sitting having a coffee together one day and we were discussing law. And he pointed out to me that some great legal thinker said that if somebody steals food because he's hungry, then that's not a crime. He can, he can do that. So I said, okay, let's take this person on the street. He's got nothing, all right? I said, I'm involved in business. My debt is much bigger than the assets that I own, which means I'm minus a hundred thousand rand. The person on the street with nothing is richer than me at this at this point. Does that mean I'm allowed to steal money from my company that I work for? And he, he couldn't answer that. But you see, God's law says you shall not steal. It doesn't say if you're hungry you can steal, or if you're the government you can take away farms, or you know uh, you can take away people's land. Um, this is the issue, uh, and God's law is autonomous, it's the ultimate law, it's the higher law, and it doesn't change, as you pointed out. Yeah. Well, I'm Charles von Weck, we're talking about whether we can legislate morality or not, and Olga and Ashley are with me in the studio, Ashley says that every law you make is a moral law, you can't get away from it. Mm. Olga says, well, we seem to change these things uh, when it suits us, depending on how it affects us. So we've got some really interesting uh, dis discussions going here. But what does the Bible have to say? Are there any verses out there? Are there any ideas from Scripture that we can that are sort of more concrete than us throwing ideas around on the topic? Um, does the Bible speak clearly about man, God's law, and how we must maybe apply it? So... Um in the Bible, um, God has given us the Ten Commandments. And um, when we consider the Bible and God's standard of justice, um, this applies to all creatures. So all people, whether you subscribe to Christianity or not, um, are subjected or, or will be judged at the end of the day um, against his Ten Commandments and his standard. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's take, for instance, the idea of you shall not steal, which we've already mentioned. Yeah. The fact is you're never allowed to steal. Yeah. You can't steal sometimes or when it suits you. Yeah. And, and so that's an ultimate moral standard that God has set. Yeah. Um, you shall not covet. It's pretty open, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that you're not allowed to tell lies. Um, you know, these are ideas that are pretty autonomous. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They're there. They're the standard. You know, yeah. and um, it's quite funny that you speak about um, the fact that all God's creatures are subject to this. Because I was talking to a missionary friend on the phone in Zimbabwe yesterday, and their whole area is being ra uh, raided 
uh, their crops have been raided by elephants. They're just outside the Wangi National Park. And he was telling me hundreds of elephants are coming into people's fields and just eating all their crops up. And uh, they were trying to chase the elephants away with um, their car lights and honking their hooters of the cars to try and get the elephants to run away and stop eating all the food, uh, which the humans have put there for a reason, so that they can get through the next season and feed their families. But anyway, it's just really interesting because we've put up on our mission base the fencing around that to stop the stealing of (laughs) food and crops and what have you. And it's not really the people that are stealing, it's the elephants. (laughs) So so even they need to be uh, trained on uh, you shall not steal. But uh, just incredible to to see or or to chat about these ideas. But at the end of the day, when we talk about God's word, we've got to realize that the Bible or God's word is not a book of suggestions. So God is autonomous. So when he speaks, one could argue that he speaks law. He does not speak suggestions. And so if we look at the Bible from that perspective, we should be able to say that all the Bible is God's law. Mm. You know, he's spoken to us through his prophets, through the apostles, and and that is his word. It's not changeable. if somebody wasn't allowed to steal 2,000 years ago, they're not allowed to steal today. Yeah. And your, your, um, where you fit in in society on the, the ladder, if you're right up at the top, still means you can't steal. Mm-hmm. And the Bible even says, you know, the poor man mustn't be able to steal. He also falls under God's law. Mm-hmm. And so the challenge we have is that we always make excuses. Um, and, th- and that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're hungry, well... If it's inconvenient to have a baby because you're studying, um, you know, there's always the the issue. You know, what about rape? There's these questions that come up all the time, and then um, when one gives in on on the one issue, then your whole argument collapses. Yes. One of the interesting things that I really find uh, fascinating in Scripture is the Apostle Paul, when he says that he didn't know coveting was a sin until he saw it in God's Word. Mm. So we mustn't think that through some kind of natural environment that we're going to just think it's okay and we're going to know God's law because we're so wicked that uh, and there when we when we personalize things again as Olga's pointed out, then uh, we try to get away with things and we argue away these things. Yeah. But Paul said, "I didn't even know this was a sin, but God's law says it's a sin, so it's a sin." Now I do know. Yeah. But it's also like if you take that point with coveting, it's a sin in the Bible and to God's standard, but it's not in our legislation. So yes, it's not a crime. Lying is not a crime. That's a very good point. And um, well, it can be a crime if it's in a court of law. Yes. Yes, but, but generally, you you know, if you say I didn't steal the sweet, you know, you know, you might get away with it. Yeah. But there's no immediate, you know. Yes, um, but as part of common law, and if you were in a court of law, if you lied, there's big, big trouble for you. Mm. So, um, but I like that idea that not all sin is a crime. Mm. So let's think about this one. If I'm thinking of murdering somebody and I really hate them and I shout at them, the scripture is very clear that in my heart I've actually murdered that person. It's it's a desperately wicked sin that I've been involved, committed. Mm. But, Mm. but... There's no justice system to deal with what's going on in my mind. 
So that's a sin before God, and it's punishable uh, by God. But if I really went out and murdered somebody, then that is a crime, yeah. punishable by death, according to Scripture. Yeah. So, But that's a very important point, um, Ashley, because many people um, think that all sins are crime, and sometimes all crimes are sin, and it's not necessarily like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why we forget in a way that lying is a sin or coveting or because it's not a crime it's not necessarily we're not punished yes that's right and then i feel like you get used to it and you it's easier to convince yourself then that you're not in sin or yes that's right just because you're not punished for it yeah Yeah. or then you can sort of explain away like what you're doing or justify yes um yeah, like coveting, you know, coveting, you say it's a sin to covet, but mm. it's until you steal the person's item that you're coveting, yeah. then it becomes a crime. Exactly. But and before that, it was a sin in your heart. Mm. Um, yeah, very, very interesting issues. We're talking about, can we legislate morality? I'm talking to Olga and Ashley. They both uh, finished their diplomas and degrees, and we're just having a social chat here on Salt and Light. Great to have you with us. And uh, we're trying to just play around with these ideas. We're not lawyers. And, uh, and we want to just find out, does God's word speak about these issues? Let's get back to the Bible. Does the Bible give us verses that tell us straight out that God's word or his law should be applicable to every area of life? Is it, is it that obvious or do we pick this up as we sort of read along in God's word. So that's the question. Um, so in the Bible, um, there was a city, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. And um, they were sort of, they saw themselves as exempt from the laws of the Bible. And um, some scripture says, I think Genesis definitely emphasizes this quote. Um, now the men of Sodom were wicked, exceedingly and sinning against the Lord. Um, so the corrupt city was breaking the laws and um, the Bible comments on this and God actually destroyed the city because they were so wicked and against his laws. And yeah. The interesting thing about bringing up that subject, Ashley, is if I, uh, I stand under correction, but I believe Sodom and Gomorrah were not Israelite cities. Mm-hmm. In other words, God was applying his law to people outside of Israel. Because that's one of the arguments we'll often hear is, well, the, the, the laws and the Old Testament only applied to Israel, nobody else. Well, you've just proved that wrong. Yes. Um, God's law applies to everybody. Mm-hmm. We can't get away from it. It doesn't matter if you say, well, I don't believe God exists, therefore I can do what I want. No, it doesn't yeah. actually work that way. Mm-hmm. God's laws apply. And the Bible says straight out that, um, that we know through creation. There is no excuse for man. We know God exists. Yeah. If we say God doesn't exist and we pretend to be atheists, we are denying uh, ourselves. We, there is no excuse for us, according to Scripture. Mm. And I'd stick with God's word rather than man's word. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, Ashley reckons we can legislate morality. Olga says, well, yes, we can, but we always tend to uh, try and change things when it suits us, when we're personally involved in these ideas um, how do we take the bible and apply it in our lives we're going to talk about our personal lives our families our churches civil government how do we 
take the Bible and apply God's word and his law in our personal lives. Olga, tell us how to do this. Well, I think uh, as myself, as a Christian, the Bible is, 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 is guidance and everything life. You know, the Bible speaks about every area of life. So if I, I believe that it's better to just, uh, oh, it works, that that's what I do anyways, is that uh, I live according to what, I try to live according to what the Bible says and not try to take out some of the stuff and try to do this and not do that only when it suits me. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Just because, um, you know, you cannot excuse stuff. So I feel, I feel that, the, yeah, to make it better is that you just make Christianity your way of living. It is a way of living. It's not a thing that you do on a Sunday and then when Monday comes, you go back to school, you go back to the outside world and you just live however you want. Yes, a friend of mine was saying something to that effect. He said they were playing rugby on a rugby field, two teams from different churches. And he said one of the men started swearing on the field. So he took the man aside and said to him, hey, brother, you know, we Christians, we men of God, we part of the covenant community. The Bible's very clear about how we should deal with our tongues, mm -hmm. control our tongues and not use filthy language. You know, can you cut down on this filthy language on the field? And the answer from the, um, the trouble-causing swearer was, uh, oh, that's Sunday stuff. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> it didn't apply during the week on a Saturday or on the rugby field. Oh. Uh, the Bible only applied on Sunday when you went to church. I think this is where people are mistaken that they feel that Christianity is something you wear, you know, on a Sunday. Yes. And, once it's dead, and then you take it off and it's back to business during the week. And then Sunday comes, you put it back on and oh, you're all. Yeah. So that's not yes. how it works. You know, the, the Christianity, the Bible, it's a way of life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an everyday thing. It's, it's who we are. Yeah. You know, we don't try to be it. You know, we don't try to follow it. We be what it is. You live it. Yeah. You, you live it. You live exactly. it. That's right. And that's part of self-government yeah. is the whole idea that we can control ourselves. Actually, you've written about this in the letter to the editor. Yeah. Um, the whole idea is that you, you can't just do what you want. No. You can't just act according to your own feelings. No. It's... um. It's just, everyone believes when they become an adult that they can do what they want. It's my life. I make my own choices and my own decisions and you can't tell me what to do. But yet we still have to listen to laws and our legislation and we all have um, our own moral code. Even if you aren't a Christian, you do subscribe to some form of morality. And um, if we take it back to like Christianity and what we believe, um, I've got another quote that says, there is no area of life where man is exempt from the demands of the law of God. So if you are a Christian and living as a Christian and um, live by the word of God, you can't just take things out of context or even pick or choose what you want to believe in and live just that section of it. It's if you are a Christian, you live, Christian and to God's law and that's in everything you do. Yes. And so you're saying that it affects you personally and therefore it should affect your family. Mm -hmm. It surely should affect your church. Yes. And when you're playing rugby, yeah. you know, on the field. Yeah. But then it should work itself out in society, the way we live, the way we treat our neighbors, the way we deal with mm -hmm. people around us. Um, it shouldn't just be something that's on a, in our closet, the Bible hidden away, yeah. that we only read when we in trouble yeah, or exactly. on a Sunday, um, as we've heard earlier. So, yeah, that's what we need to do. So God's word applies to every area of life. 
our personal lives, our families, our churches, civil government, our businesses. And that's another area where we sometimes get a little bit weak is, you know, friends say they go work at a Christian company and the next thing they find out there's all kinds of shenanigans going on under the table and, you know, or even the way they're treated by their so-called Christian bosses. Come on, we've got to pull ourselves together. We've got to, as my one friend will say, we've got to up, up our game um, as Christians. We yeah. need to stand for righteousness and truth. And people need to see it in our lives, in the way we deal with our families and our brothers and sisters in Christ, our business friends. In sports. In our, in our sports, exactly. So these are areas we really need to make a difference in. So we've gone through, can we legislate morality? The answer is yes, you're doing it all the time. Yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, whose morality are we using? Well, it's the person that's trying to make the rule. And uh, sometimes in Parliament, we might find that a secular humanist, they think man is God, and so man is the standard for the laws. And other times, if you've got godly people who believe that there's an ultimate standard, a higher law, they could be using God's law to make standards. In fact, the whole of common law, British common law, is based on the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And uh, it's not a written rule. It's not, it's not legislated in books that you can read. It's common to all people, common law, based on... Christianity. The Bible and morality, well, the whole of the Bible is God's word and his law. God is autonomous. He speaks law. And so the whole Bible is about morality. Mm -hmm. What cannot be legislated? Last question. Is there anything that we cannot legislate? Big question, <laughs> but we have one minute left. Um, yeah, well, I believe that there is no way that our laws can be imposed to make people good. Like, uh, in that sense, yes, it's true that morality cannot be legislated. Yes, you can't force pers a person to be a good person. Yeah. You see, but that makes that, sense. That, that is the mistake that people often make. You know, laws are not there to... The function of the law is not to make people good. It's to actually restrain them from, you know... The, from, from wickedness. Yeah, exactly, yes, exactly. That's right. So, um, yes. There we go. Yes, I agree. Thank you for agreeing, Ashley. <laughs> Olga, Ashley, thank you very much for joining us on Salt and Light today. Wonderful having you in the studio with us. And uh, I'm Charles van Beek, and we're closing off. Thank you so much. All right, thank you.